Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunded campaign success and better physical product businesses. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert designed to help you take your startup to the next level. If you're interested in learning what we're all about and kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, check out artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. You'll get our entire guide to crush your campaign and take your business to new heights. But now, let's get on with the show. Guys, before we jump into the interview, I want to thank today's show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com, the company that's helping crowdfunders everywhere. Guys, welcome back to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we have an awesome interview. We have Michelle with Pocket NC, the CNC machine that's crushing it on Kickstarter right now. They might hit half a million. We'll see. There's six days left. Thanks for coming on today, Michelle. Yeah, no problem. Before we get into the cool Kickstarter stuff, we typically like a life quote, a success quote, or something to get people pumped up. What do you got? Well, something that we've found is that everyone has an idea that they think that they could make work. And sometimes it can feel like such a big obstacle to get from point A to point B. But just like getting started and getting going on making your idea happen is really all that it takes, that you can do what you can do. And then reaching out, there's so many people out there that can help you to fill in your knowledge and skill gap. So that's what we did was we had this idea. So we just got started and we have had so much help along the way. And it worked out for us. And we think that there's a lot of people it can work out for too, if you just get going. It works for everybody. Just start going. You'll go the wrong direction. You'll change directions, hit a couple potholes, but eventually you might just get somewhere cool. Definitely. That is totally what you guys are doing. Let's get back to that beginning, that first step. So what were the first steps for you guys? How'd you get started? Well, it was about four years ago, and we were living in Washington State, working in the aerospace industry, and we knew we wanted to get back to our home state of Montana. And the there wasn't a great job market in Montana at the time. And we were also spending 20 or 30 hours a week just tinkering on various side projects just for the fun of it. So we said, maybe we could actually like channel this time into something productive that we could also make a career out of. And my husband is a machinist by trade and had always wanted, you know, a little desktop CNC mill that he could use at home that he could afford. But at the time, there wasn't really anything on the market. So we said, okay, let's just start working on that and see where it takes us. So we just got going. The first one we designed was actually a three-axis machine, and we just didn't really like it. It, And there was other three-axis machines coming out on the market. So after about a year working on that, we kind of dumped it and went for a five-axis machine. And what goes into that decision? That's that's huge when you put so yeah. much into something. You know, for us, it was a lot that I'm a very practical person that I like to have things planned out and know what's going, which is hard to do when you're starting a new company that nothing really works as planned. But there was other machines coming out on the market that it just felt like it was too competitive to really get in there in the three axis market. Um, and I just for us, the aesthetics of the machine were really important. And it just was an ugly machine that we had designed. So I was just at the point where we had spent a whole year 
on the design and I just wasn't happy with it that I would have rather spent our free time doing something else or figure out a way to make it work to be something we could be excited about again. Yeah, you've got to be excited about it. But four years is a hell of a long time <laughs> period to get your products to market. I mean, that's like a big time company with big research bucks that they can spend. How do you make sure that you're building something that people want? How do you keep funding this? And how do you stay excited about it over four years? I mean, that's like four kids. Yeah, it it really kind of has been like our child over the past four years. And there were times when it was hard to keep going, but we would have these incremental successes along the way. It took us really two of those years to get to having a functional machine at all. Like we would build prototypes that just had some design flaw that just made it not work. But um, but having the little successes along the way drove us to keep um, keep trying and keep getting there. And there's also been a lot of innovation that's happened out of our control around our technology that has really made a big difference for us that that was all has also been really exciting to to see happen and kept us going let's talk about that a little bit because that's a lot of what's fueling this crowdfunder movement is all these hackers all of this new technology that people are creating especially with some of the arduinos and circuit boards out there yeah. get into a little bit talk a little bit about the maker space and how that's kind of evolving the entrepreneurial scene. Yeah. I mean, for us, right now, our, our machine is running off of a computer called a BeagleBone Black, um, which is kind of in that realm of Arduino, but it's a little bit more powerful than an Arduino. And it has been on the market for, I think, about a year and a half now. And it really... It enabled us to go from a setup where we had to plug our machine into a computer that had like an old school parallel port, which the first demo that we did at a Maker Fair in 2013, we went to a Goodwill to buy a computer that had a parallel oh. port to run our machine with. So it was just so painful to have this awesome machine with this junky old computer sitting next to it. So it enabled us to be able to use it with different interfaces or even if you have, you can make just a little LCD monitor and not even need a computer to run it. So, and that has driven us a lot. And then there's another project going on called Machine Kit, which for us is kind of a link between that computer and then the Linux CNC project that is the machine controller. So both Machine Kit and Linux CNC are open source um, projects that we have really built our platform around. Why is open source it, important for you guys? Yeah. I mean, on the hardware side, it's a, it's, it's a harder thing for us to be able to open up the design for our machine. But on the software side, it's been really great. And we've had people, you know, there's a guy named Dwayne that is our software programmer that has put in a ton of hours helping us get that up and running and just we don't have the money to be able to pay him yet. And just the fact that there's people like that out there who are willing to do that just because they want to see something get to market is really amazing. Watch out. You might have that money to pay Dwayne pretty soon. You guys, yeah, yeah. You're already we, killing it. Yeah, we definitely owe him a debt for his services. But he, he put in far more hours than we would have expected any, of anyone without getting paid yet. 
Congrats, Dwayne. You've got a you've got a sizable paycheck coming your way. It'll be <laughs> awesome. Speaking of which, so you've raised over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars already. That means A, you had an awesome product and you probably had a pretty solid strategy. What did you guys do in terms of marketing and getting this out to people to launch so successfully? You know, for us, it has been a lot of just building up a following of people over the past four years, really, especially over the past two years since we went public at the Maker Fair in 2013. And so a big thing was throughout our development, we had a website and a blog and a Facebook page. And just we're really open with people who are following us about what we were doing and how it was going and why we still weren't to market yet for various reasons. And I think that helped a lot that by the time we got to our Kickstarter campaign, not only did we have a significant following, about 2,000 Facebook followers, and I think we sent an email out to about 700 people who were interested in the Kickstarter campaign, but they knew, they, they already felt like they knew us. They knew our product and they knew what we were about. So it made it, I think, a lot easier for them to commit that large amount of money to actually purchase a machine. They, when you see these Kickstarters kind of come out of nowhere, it's a lot to expect for people to trust you with their money when you just have a website that maybe doesn't have a whole lot on it. And it, it can, I think that that can be scary, but they felt like they knew who we were and what we were going to put out as a product. And just that they could see how many prototypes we've been through, that this isn't our first functional prototype that we're throwing up on Kickstarter, but that we've really worked out a lot of the bugs of the machine. Yeah, especially for a $3,300 purchase. That's a that's a junk of change right there. So you put, yeah. in, you put in the groundwork and the grunt work ahead of time yeah. to get a and, lot of that in place. Right. And just... Yeah, going to maker fairs. And so we are thankful that we have been so successful that we haven't had to do a whole lot of traditional marketing, but just like putting out videos and blog posts, showing everyone what we're doing has been really effective for us. Where do you see the company going in the future? Your Kickstarter is clearly funding. What happens next? So I think what happens next is just a period of growth for us trying to keep up with the demand that's clearly out there. We are manufacturing these first Kickstarter machines here in our garage. We've got a mill out there and my husband's out there machining as we speak. And then in the next few months, we're going to bump up into a bigger facility and keep growing. That's been one of our, our big learning points from watching other Kickstarter campaigns is that when you outsource your parts, it puts you at a really big risk for your quality and for your schedule. And since we have the know-how to be able to manufacture things ourselves, we're going to keep doing that as long as we can. There's a huge workforce here, actually. And so we'll just keep growing. That's interesting. Most most Kickstarters don't manufacture themselves, but you definitely have good points on why yeah. it makes sense for you guys. If you, if you want to have a a professional grade machine, it can be really challenging to not only get a machine shop that's dependable on their quality, but that you can fit into their schedule on the time frame that you need. Yeah, especially post Kickstarter, everything's a rush. People want to get their get their goodies right out of the bag. Right. Yeah. So we talked a bit about your Kickstarter strategy, talked a bit about the product. What about some of the video stuff? Some of the presentation 
Who do you sell this to? How do you sell it? It's a bit of a unique product. It is a unique product. And we, we joke that we spend more time talking people out of buying our machines than talking them into it because it is so specific that we get a lot of people say who know about the 3D printer movement, maybe even have 3D printers and are like, this is so cool. I just want one of these and I can make so much stuff. But if you don't really have a specific application in mind for our machine, then it might not be a good purchase for you. You might be better off to start off with a three-axis machine and see how that goes for you because the learning curve for machining is a lot higher than for 3D printing. It's not the same that you can kind of just click print and have your part, you know, however many hours later. And so that's what we spend a lot of time with people is feeling out what they really need to do with our machine and whether it's the best way for them to do it. Because there's so many different ways to manufacture things that we want people to to be able to use it for what it's really built for and and not end up being disappointed when it's not what they were expecting. That is so noble. But at the same time, guys, this is an awesome thing. Check it out. You should buy it no matter what. This is obviously what you need. I want to jump now into the launch round. How does that sound, Michelle? Good. If you're a solo founder or you're building a business on the side, you don't have that time that it takes to ship out all those Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign rewards to your backers. It just takes absolutely forever. If you want help with that, work with eFulfillmentService.com, the company that's sponsoring Art of the Kickstart, that's helped campaign creators for way too long. They know what they're doing. They're great at helping small startups and e-commerce companies do what they need to do, get those products out to their backers, to their customers. Check them out, artofthekickstart.com slash EFS. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. If you've got a crowdfunding campaign coming up and are planning on crushing it, then I have exciting news. The Art of the Kickstart Crowdfund Academy is going on a massive listener-only sale. I decided I want to make sure more crowdfunders get access to the information and the step-by-step guides that they need to crush it. So for a limited time, the first 100 Art of the Kickstart listeners are going to get the entire 43 video crowdfund academy, the step-by-step detailed guide where I walk you through exactly what it takes to crush your Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign for $67, originally $347, artofthekickstart.com slash go. You can get the entire course, which will walk you through everything I do everything that you need to know and help you crush your campaign. Check it out. Artofthekickstart.com slash go. Okay, Michelle, first question for you. Any business role models, life role models growing up? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> no worries. What's your favorite Kickstarter? I, um, I don't know if I can think of one of those either. <laughs> That's okay. There's a lot of pressure. Sorry? There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> under, under the gun, it's rather tough. Yeah. <laughs> Any business books or life books you'd want to recommend to people? Um, there's a book called, I believe it's called Bootstrap Your Business that was really influential for us by an author named Greg Gianforte. Okay. I haven't, I haven't heard that one, but I'll definitely need to check that out. Yeah. Share it with people. And if you could speak with any 
inventor, entrepreneur, person, businessman now or at any time throughout history? Who would you want to talk to? What would you want to chit-chat about? You know, in the recent developments, we have always followed MakerBot's story and specifically Bree Pettis as kind of the head of all of that. And all of the ups and downs that they've been down, been through has been really interesting. And it, it would be really interesting to talk to him about his take on what all has happened over the past five years or so. So typically on this podcast, we try to challenge crowdfunders to do something incredible. But you know what, Michelle, you've done something pretty incredible already. I'm going to challenge you. Send a cold email to this guy. I am sure he will at least respond yeah. to you after hearing about this. You might just get your, you might just get your chance. <laughs> yeah. That's your challenge before your campaign ends. Okay. I'll, I'll take you up on that. And let's go back to you guys, back to the campaign. So mm-hmm. it's almost over. Six days left. What have you learned? What would you do differently if you were doing this again that other people can learn from? Hmm. You know, I guess in some ways, I mean, we've always felt like, I don't know. It's gone so well for us. We, we feel like when we got to the campaign, it took us so long to get here that when it went well, we were really excited about it, but also not completely surprised by it that we knew we had done everything that we could to get ready for it. That if it didn't work now, that it wasn't going to work at all. So just being as prepared as you can really pays off. Um, I guess that's about the biggest. We're, that's something we're happy. everyone needs to hear. We definitely were, we were happy that we waited as long as we did because it, it felt like it, there have been times when we kind of got to the end of our rope and been like, why can't, why don't we just launch a Kickstarter campaign tomorrow? And, and then we'll have funds to work with and everything will be easier. But there was always like that one thing that was kind of hanging over our heads. Like, what if people ask about that? That's what we would, we knew that that's the one thing people were going to be asking about. And, and so we kind of waited it out until we didn't have any of those big things still hanging over our heads that we felt confident as a whole about what we were getting ourselves into. Devil's advocate, that can be dangerous because there can always be something else. That could be the right. indefinite inventor that never does anything. How yeah. do you know when to just jump and close your eyes? I, I just think when there's none of, like when the big points of functionality are all there, like there's still things that we have to work out. But for example, with our, the CAM software is what you use to generate the tool paths. About a year and a half ago, we didn't really have a good solution for that. We'd just been developing our machine and saying something will have to get figured out. But at the time, the software was going to cost more than the machine. And and then Autodesk actually came out with a new software that we're partnering with them. So once we had that figured out, we were like, okay, now we can we can sell this machine with a good conscience that we're not selling it to people and then having them find out that they don't have the software to run it and it's going to cost them five grand. So sold the car without the wheels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> We've kept you for a while. We got to start to wrap up. Where's the best place for people to come check you out, say, Hey, back your campaign, all that good stuff. Michelle. Yeah. At our website, www.pocketnc.com. We have the link to our Kickstarter there. We also have, we're actually not, selling any more machines on our campaign that we're full up right now. So there's a place you can leave your email address and we'll let you know when we're going to be launching pre-orders. 
you got to get those pre-orders going. If, even if it's yeah. going to take a while, you've got the crazy backers. Just take advantage of that now because you'll regret it in the future if you don't. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> but yes, you guys heard it here first. They sold so well, they don't need more sales. <laughs> Pocket NC, everybody. The crazy, not 3D printer CNC machine that everyone needs. Thanks for coming on today, Michelle. You've been awesome. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Everybody, just have a great day wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show all about building a better business, world, and life with physical products. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and if you've enjoyed today's episode, you should check out artofthekickstart.com. You can find access to all our past episodes, get our Kickstarter Crush It Guide, And if you love the episode, be sure to leave us a review, artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, have a great and productive week. Go build something incredible.